Thanks for tuning in to Discourse or Ditch Course, a podcast where we discuss academic discourse and the struggles and benefits associated with attaining a higher level degree in an academic field of study. Through interviews with UH West faculty members, we will explore personal journeys of how attaining an academic discourse has affected and benefited their lives. We will attempt to answer the bigger questions of, is it worth it to attain this higher level of academic discourse? And how can being a part of an academic community impact and enrich your life? Hopefully this insight will encourage those thinking about ditching out on their academic path or inspire people who might be thinking of going back to school. My first guest is Dr. Ellen Miser. She is a professor of sociology at UH West Oahu. She has some valuable insight into this topic of attaining academic discourse and how it personally has impacted her life. She explains why she chose to continue on her academic path, even though she had other discourse communities that she was interested in. She also explains how the academic community plays a role in her life outside of the classroom. So um, I'm happy that you are studying this kind of um, uh, this journey for people who are questioning whether or not education is really necessary. Um, Because I myself, when I was younger, uh, just out of high school, I didn't think that going to college or going to university was really worth it for me. I always had dreams of becoming a chef, of being in the food world. You know, my idol then and even now is Anthony Bourdain. And I thought he had an amazing career and you don't have to have college to to do what he did. Granted, he's like uber talented, right? And an amazing writer and all of these things. So, um, but I think that that's kind of get, getting at what you mentioned about people seeing influencers on TikTok or on Instagram and then thinking, oh, I can do that. And so that was the mindset that I was in uh, right out of high school. And I didn't want to go to college. My parents, they forced me to apply for college, which I did begrudgingly. And yeah, so I, I was not into it. I was forced into going to college. And then um, just because of the kind of my background of my parents and their emphasis on education, they made me finish out my undergraduate education. And by that point, I had realized the importance of having uh, a degree in this, in our generation today. You know, I think in their generation, my parents' generation, it wasn't as important. Um, you could get a job, a, a very well-paying job without a degree, but I think nowadays more and more you have to have that degree to get those higher paying jobs. I had the chance to chat with Dr. Hansen, who was a psychology professor at UH West Oahu and also an accomplished filmmaker. When I asked Dr. Hansen how he got into his academic discourse, he had a lot of interesting insight into how to navigate 
the academic discourse field and how it goes beyond teaching in a classroom and writing papers. Here's what he had to say about some of the adventures he's experienced through his academic discourse career. John and a colleague of mine who used to work at that same original Dolphin Lab, he was a professor at Western Watt at the time. And then he used to contract with the feds to do whale work, humpback whale work off of Maui, Hawaii, and stuff like that. And we're at lunch one day and he's like, oh man, you know, it's like I got this field cap that I'm all contracted, you know, to do for the feds, but I got nobody to run the camp. And it's like, I have like tons of experience doing field research and running camps like that. So I was like, dude, I can run that camp. And uh, I did. And I got paid to go to Kauai and then every day with two other uh, people who would drink themselves blind every night after we finished work. Uh, I wasn't drinking myself blind every day, but they were my two my two colleagues. And I was the captain. We had a photographer and we had a shooter. And we'd go out on this little Boston Whaler-like boat. It wasn't a Boston Whaler, but it looked like the center console looking for the boat out of Kikaha on Kauai. And we go find humpbacks because it was the whale season and then we had permits from the feds to chase them around and one of the fellas had a crossbow with a biopsy dart and the other guy had a camera with a big lens and the deal was we shoot the whale and then we photograph the fluke and we associate the data we keep track of it all right so you keep the tissue sample together with a record of photo was that whale's flu and the feds were interested in being able to get at the genetics from fluke photographs right because these uko fluke photographs of these whales going back decades and then continuing on continuously so if you know the biology the genetics of that whale based on just taking a photograph it makes it easy to track like who's hanging out with who it's family groups and kind of understand the, a lot of the social dynamics that's going on with whales and it was an awesome thing to just be a part of that project and to be able to do kind of the fun part and get paid for it and then have all your food and and lodging paid for and then you get paid on top of it a salary because you know you're doing work right and you know that was a good deal uh, for an incredible experience that i gotta say there's really wealthy people that probably paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to have the experience i had but it was my background and my training and my academic experience that opened those doors that allowed me to get access to that yeah, that's, that's amazing. Dr. Hansen had some fun stories of adventures in Kauai, being on a boat, tracking humpback whales. But he also emphasizes the importance of being careful with your discourse when you're talking to professors and potentially going to grad school. Um, he emphasizes as well the importance of putting in your dues and playing hard but also working just as hard to um, 
achieve that academic discourse? You could establish communications with them. It's a dicey thing because, you know, when you're talking to these people, uh, you can't sort of, you know, screw up in the sense that screwing up is impressing them that, you know, they don't want to work with you. Uh, and so you don't want to do that. And, but if you can impress them favorably that, you know, hmm, this person, you know, kind of engaged in this field, has read my literature, seems to have a good grasp of it, has some ideas about how to do research, they seem trainable, go along, get along. Hmm, yeah, maybe I'd want to work with this person. That's all it takes. Uh, you know, and then you're in a really graduate school admission is that process. Graduate faculty sitting around with applications. Who wants to be with this student? that student, uh, that kind of thing. And they're looking for people who are trainable, easy to get along with, uh, follow directions, but also come up with good ideas. Would uh, you say the schoolwork part of, of, of your career and your path has come easy to you? Like disciplining yourself enough to have a good balance between like fun, the fun parts, but also doing like the actual writing and the actual study. Right. Um, well, it's a, it's a balance that you got to strike. And it's been a, a, a it, it transcends just my academics. It's a whole life kind of philosophy. I'm a work hard, play hard guy. And so, you know, you got to pay your dues so you can go goof off. And I paid a lot of dues doing all kinds of scut work and, and all the rest. But again, you know, I liked it. You know, I liked what I was doing. So it, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm suffering grievously. This is terrible that I have to sort all these fish at five in the morning. How come me, right? No, it wasn't like that. It was like, all right, here, and I'm going to feed seals. Goofing around at Sea Lake Park at five in the morning. This is awesome. <laughs> just... We know the discourse is more than just writing in an academic formal language. Dr. Hansen gives insight into the expected rhetoric of what it is a part of the identity kit of teaching academic discourse. What does that mask look like for you? Like what, what things are you very aware of that you're, you're acting as far as your, as far as your job or, or the, can you think of particular times in your career where you were very aware of like, um, I'll tell you a time, uh, teaching in person, maybe wrong, mm -hmm. never in doubt. That's what I project to my students. I might be wrong, but I'm not in doubt and I'm not going to show that I'm in doubt, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's the expectation of the moment. Nobody wants to oh, I'm not really sure what the hell I'm talking about. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, you're not going to teach anybody anything like that. You're not going to inspire any confidence that way. That kind of rhetoric, right? And so, you know, you got to project confidence, and even if you maybe you're a little bit unsure, just you're thinking in your mind, wait a minute, did I get that right? It's kind of like, no, I just shove down, moving forward. Yeah, that's right. You know, try to try to make the broader point, right? Um, and uh, you know that kind of thing. We know that the primary discourse is when we first start to learn how to interact with others and start gaining our first experiences of language and the world and how to behave. Dr. Hansen 
while he's experienced many adventures outside of the classroom and had lots of opportunities away from formal academic writing, he partially attributes some of his success to growing up in a household as the youngest sibling and learning how to endure and have thick skin during difficult times of his career. I think what I'm taking the most out of it is just um, kind of how you've been able to navigate this academic path. You, you've loved it and that's that's been helpful, but also kind of that key thing about how your upbringing um, really helped you have thicker skin and kind of. Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important. You know, I had three older brothers and one older sister, so I was the baby. And my brothers used to like tease me and pick on me incessantly. I was like their punching bag. And, you know, I find myself hung on doorknobs with the back of my shirt deal with me and I'm stuck there kicking my legs and they'd be laughing it up <laughs> giving me noogies constantly and people would come over to our house and see these antics going on and the, the recurring comment I would hear from people is my god he must be tough as nails and uh, I, I do think that you know having some of that is good because it's a hard world you know and, and people are stuff like that and so you know the important thing is not for you to be right to be able to absorb that and not not become a dick yourself you know uh, and i think i've done a fair job of that uh, i do i think some of my students think i'm a jerk because i try to hold them to like certain expectations and, and as i said increasingly students are like no no i i i, I decided you know why, why should i listen 